What is up, everybody? Welcome to Wayward Artists in a Wayward World. I'm Sid, and join me today, our first video gamer ever, <laughs> um, <laughs> Luis Alamia. Did I say that right, Luis? Perfect. Nice, nice. The Arabic, like uh, like Spanish and Arabic, they're they have very same like pronunciation. So I'm glad I got it right. <laughs> yeah, I think you're the first person who's who's gotten it right since I've been on the podcast. At least most people get my first name wrong, and they call me Lewis. Well, here's the thing. Like, I watched your videos in advance, yeah. so I I got that part right. So um, I was gonna call you Lewis, actually. So um, I, I I saved myself. I would say <laughs> you did your homework. Nice. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, surviving that uh, heat wave in LA, uh, but you know, alive, melting but alive. Yeah, you said yeah uh, on the pre-show. You said you were uh, from a different part of like LA, like not LA, LA specifically. Like, do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, so I live in Northridge. Uh, if you're from SoCal, that's the San Fernando Valley. It's mm -hmm. like 20 minutes away from downtown LA. But I mean, technically, like if like when they did the whole ordinance where you know LA can can go without paying rent because of the whole COVID situation, I was included mm -hmm. in that. So. Oh. I mean, broader LA, I guess, would be more accurate. All right, nice. And how has COVID kind of affected your operations so far? Um, I know you're a YouTuber, you do gaming and stuff. So, like, most of the gaming channels that I watch, like, it seems like probably the only thing that's, like, really, really impacted them was they can't go into their studios. <laughs> um, mm. Maybe there's some other stuff behind the scenes, but uh, a, a lot of the stuff I watch, don't elaborate on that. So, um how has operations affected you over there in video game world? Well, I'm on the journalism side, so I'm, I'm not making games at least. So I uh, yeah. haven't been that directly uh, affected. Mm -hmm. But I guess in terms of covering games, it's sort of unpredictable when something is coming out now. Uh, mm -hmm. It seems like quite easily things are getting delayed here and there. Um, I mean, this all kind of started happening around March. Mm -hmm. And uh, back then, I think we were expecting to get like Final Fantasy VII, Last of Us Two, and both mm -hmm. of those got delayed. And now in August, I can't really think of very many games I'm supposed to cover this month. Like, there's not that many big AAA games coming out until mm -hmm. I think Avengers and Tony Hawk next month. Yeah, I think the, I, I think you're right too. I've been I've been getting back into my video gaming stuff. Um, for the for the people in the audience, but not to Louise, like I'm a theater artist. <laughs> so before COVID, I've been doing a lot of community theater stuff, and I run my own theater troupe, the traveling theater company for Wayward Artists. So um, we've been super busy. Like there was actually a point in time where I was like, should I just sell my PS4 because like it's just sitting here. It's just like my glorified Blu-ray player right now. And then COVID hit, and I was like, thank God I did not <laughs> sell my PS4. <laughs> yeah also, they also went up in value during covid like oh. i think they're like 400 dollars now on the oh. market wow at that point you just wait for the ps5 right you know just say yeah, exactly mm -hmm. so Luis, um on this show a lot of people specifically the people on the show have been an associate of mine through theater and i think like the people that i i invite on this show uh they assume this is a theater podcast and that's further from the case. So I'm very happy to have you on because we've had a lot of interesting people. We had bakers on the show. We've had people who hike and self-proclaim um, artistic love of nature. You know, shout out Kevin Barry. That's my friend. So um, let, let, let's get to know you a little bit more, Luis. Um, tell me, like, who are you and what exactly do you do? You kind of touched on it a little bit. 
Um, well, I'm a big video game and technology enthusiast. Mm -hmm. uh, since I was a young kid, I really gravitated towards tinkering with technology and just learning how things worked. Mm -hmm. And I think when I was 10 years old, we finally got like an internet connection at my house. Oh, nice. And uh, I remember like logging on and discovering YouTube and like a dorky little kid, I like ran to my school the next day. I was like, have you guys heard of this website called YouTube? And everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, it's been a thing for a while. I was like, oh, I didn't know. I just got internet. Uh, <laughs> and I think back then I was watching things like IGN, uh, the angry video game nerd, really old video game content. And mm -hmm. I thought to myself, this is really cool. Uh, I love a lot of this. And I really like talking about video games. I can probably do this. And mm -hmm. then I made an account and then kind of just did it for the last decade or so. Yeah. You see, um, your, your passion for video games is it's kind of similar to like what I've done for theater. Like, um, you thought like, Hey, I can do like this thing and you found a uh, success in it in the same way that when I founded my theater troupe, we, we found some success. Well, granted it was local success. Um, but you've been doing pretty well. Um, how, how is your YouTube channel doing nowadays? Uh, I think it's doing pretty well. I mean, anytime someone asks me like how big of a channel it is, I'm like, it's not small. It's not like gigantic either, but you know, it, I have my own little corner of the internet at this point. Um, and I just like to stay humble with, with it. Um, mm -hmm. I don't really, I, I try not to really force it to grow. And if it grows, you know, that's great. And if it doesn't, if it stays saying that's fine too. Mm -hmm. I kind of just like having a, like my own little piece of the community and being able to talk with people and share my opinions and then have people comment back and have those discussions. Uh, mm -hmm. cause I think it's, Something I heard recently was like, it's always fun to go see a movie with some friends and then you have that like immediate debrief after it's done, like mm -hmm. you go to dinner or something. You don't really have that with video games too often. You usually spend 20 to 40 hours on the video game and you're playing it at your own pace and your friends might be playing it at a different point in time. And you never really have that whole culmination of like, oh, we all finished it. What'd you think? You know, what'd you think of this part? It's very hard. And I think that's kind of the incentive for me to really want to make these reviews and have those discussions in the comments. Mm -hmm. Dope. I mean, yeah, I love having my own little corner here in Spokane, Washington, like just doing my own thing with theater and discussing it with other people. And granted, I, I do reach out to like network and get to know other people who are doing similar things. But at the end of the day, um, it's, I'm, I was, we're kind of in the same boat. It's, uh something that happens um in the moment you know and video games they happen at different times kind of like what you said you know like you could be playing a video game and you're like 20 hours into it and your friend's just starting and so it, there's like a disconnect of like talking about it and just having like your own youtube audience i think that's like dope um i was listening to your uh draw my life and like i said like i think we we come from very similar like paths in term in terms of like developing a brand like a quote-unquote brand <laughs> you know or a place or like a community like yeah. uh, the thing that we love so i really appreciate that um so i i i think that's really cool yeah it's still sort of weird to me to call it like my brand especially like when people are like oh what's your what's your channel name what's your what's your you know your quote-unquote name i'm like oh it's just my name yeah, like I'm not like I don't think I'm very creative when it comes to that. But I also like just you know being myself. So mm -hmm. I thought, why not? Why not slap my name on it? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And uh, what what have you been playing recently? Like, just real quick before we get into the main topic, um, what have you been playing recently that you really like? Mm, I just got done, like, literally 10 minutes before we started recording, I uploaded a review on Mortal Shells, which mm-hmm. is, uh, if you ever heard of Dark Souls or Bloodborne, it's very much a game in that mm-hmm. genre, uh, but made by a smaller indie team. Mm-hmm. And I find it really fa- fascinating just to see like what, what a smaller budget and a smaller crew could do with the same idea and see if they can do other things besides just, you know, copy it with a smaller budget, but you know, how can you evolve the idea and how can you uh, add your own features to it to kind of put the, your own unique spin on it. And mm-hmm. I think they did a solid job at doing that. Um, it's like a small 10 hour game. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds contradictory, small 10 hour game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for 30 bucks, I think it's a solid purchase. If you like Dark Souls, Bloodborne, or if you've been like, uh, sort of scared to jump into those games, but you know they're really popular mm-hmm. and you want to try them. I think this one's a more approachable way to get into it. Yeah, video games are really great at like, you know, th- it's kind of baffling to me that um, people don't think video games as like art in, in a lot of ways. Like mm-hmm. if you take theater, for example, like Shakespeare is pretty much one text, you know, like it's performed and said the same almost unless you're like slashing it in half or whatever it's it's done across everywhere and it's some of the most played theater everywhere but each person has their own interpretation of shakespeare like i've seen a midsummer night's dream three times now and i've and there are three different versions and three different points of view and so you know we talk about video games like the last of us or you know a kojima game being like you know this big art game or cinematic game but like Mm -hmm. Video games and art for me is like, you know, how you're able to adapt a story and like make it your own, give it your own voice. And to me, that's always been art, you know, and talking about what was the game called again? Because I saw that video. (laughs) Mortal Uh, Mortal Shell. Yeah, Mortal Shell. Seeing Mortal Shell taking like inspiration from Dark Souls and Bloodborne, you know, those really hard to, you know, they're they're very challenging games with a, a certain kind of aesthetic. I think that's really cool that um, video games are able to do that too. And people who say like video games aren't art, man, that's that's whack. (laughs) (laughs) I completely agree. Um, I think you could say the same thing with like film. If you give a script to one director and then a different director, you're gonna come up with two different movies that, you know, follow the same script, but are completely different in execution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, to talk about like how we know each other, um, you didn't know me actually. (laughs) <laughs> no, I kind of just put out a call out there because as of lately with the whole like not having too many things to review because it's get, everything's getting delayed or everything's like in hiatus, mm-hmm. I have some free time and I'm like, I mean, I like talking about games and I don't really have games to really play and talk about right now. Mm-hmm. Does anyone have a podcast that they need a, a guest host on? Yeah. And I reached out. Yeah. And uh, like, what was your reaction to that? Like me not necessarily being a video game podcast. <laughs> like full time like i think i pitched it to you you know jared petty shout out jared we always talk about him on the show um <laughs> and it being like the inspiration for this kind of show like did you kind of like wrap your hand like oh so he's doing something similar to what jared's doing or it's like why is this guy inviting me to his non video game podcast it was like huh what i wonder what the podcast is if it's not video game related and you mentioned jared petty i'm like oh i love jared um mm-hmm. i met him back at i think it was like podcast beyond Oh, 300 or it was like a long time ago mm-hmm. uh but it was one of the live shows they did in san francisco mm-hmm. uh back when like greg miller and colin moriarty worked there mm-hmm. so it was a long time ago i think it was in high school 
Um, yeah. He's a great guy. I love his uh, his podcast when he used to do them. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, especially his story about like teaching in Japan was mm-hmm. a big incentive for me to learn the language and try to teach English in Japan at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when you mentioned his podcast and his name, I was like, yeah, I'd love to be on. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm, um, like I said, I've been wanting, I've been wanting different perspective on art uh, on this show for a while since a lot of it's, it's theater. And, you know, like I love talking about theater, but I also like learning about new people and uh, new different art forms. Um, granted, I'm a video gamer. I, I played video games since I was a kid, so it's not foreign to me. <laughs> um, but I've been following your stuff for a long time. Like you said, you're kind of funny best friend. You've been following Greg and Colin and all those guys. And I think you like popped up somewhere. And I was like, oh, this guy seems interesting. And I just subscribed on YouTube and followed on Twitter. And, you know, I catch your videos from time to time. And I genuinely enjoy them. You have a really cool voice. I like that. I dig it. <laughs> Thank you so much. My voice is probably the thing I'm like most shy about too. Is like because I, I think that's like everybody who ever has to edit their own voice, mm-hmm. and you just hear it every day. You're like, man, that's what I sound like. Yeah, I've gotten used to it. Um, we talked about uh, we talk on the show about the feminine voice and mm. like, well, not necessarily your voice being feminine, but I, I always felt like my voice was like you know super feminine because you know I'm gay and like i've always had a lot of like internalized homophobia so i was like uh i sound gay here i need to i need to man it up you know i gotta like <laughs> like deep voice and all that but you know i think i've gotten very comfortable with my voice especially for this show um so I, it's something like i'm sure you feel the same way too you edit videos all the time so you probably just gotten used to it yeah, I feel like my my biggest uh, criticism I get is like sometimes I'll sound very neutral in what I'm saying, and mm-hmm. people are like, "You sh- you should sound more excited if you're excited about it." I'm like, "Oh, that was me <laughs> being excited." I was like, "Oh, let me let me hype it up a bit more, yeah, uh, for next time." And I mean, it's like a thing I'm always constantly working on or trying to like keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like you need a couple shots of uh, espresso, you know, just get the get the energy up yeah exactly (laughs) all right guys gals and non-binary pals this is wayward artists in a wayward world where each and every sunday i sit with a wayward artist and we talk about the person we're thankful for it's based on jared petty's podcast pocket full of soup where basically it's the same idea i stole the format jared wasn't really using it right now um he's doing his own thing we love jared um we really want him on the show uh one day please jared don't be mad (laughs) that i stole (laughs) stole your idea but i felt like it was an important show at the time when he was doing it. And during these COVID times, I feel like we need to think a little bit more positively by dipping back into the past and, you know, reflect on the future a little bit. Um, this show's been pretty helpful for a lot of people so far uh, from the responses I've gotten. So uh, like I said, Luis, I'm glad to have you on. Um, and I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everybody on this show. Um, tell me someone you're thankful for. Huh. I guess I should preface that. Hey, uh, mom, my sister, Jasmine, dad, everybody, you know, thankful for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friends, Saul and Jesse Riley. Uh, but I think I want to talk about my girlfriend, Michelle. Ooh. Nice. Uh, who's, I, I don't think we've been like a very long relationship. We've only been dating what's about to be like a year almost, mm-hmm. but she's a person that, uh, I constantly find inspiration in and I think challenges me to think critically and intelligently on topics that are, you know, fun to talk about and also sometimes challenging to talk about. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
at least in my adult life where I'm now about to be 24 in February, uh, she's, she's felt like the most, uh, quote unquote, mature adult relationship I've been in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I guess it feels kind of like the, like the next step in, in me growing up as well. Um, but she's always like a source of inspiration. She's always has my or always supporting my, my work too, which I think if you're a creative working in YouTube, you know, like it's very hard to find that work life balance because, you know, you're constantly wanting to work on something and, mm-hmm. uh, there's only 24 hours in the day and it's hard to balance out, like having, a a partner or a spouse that can sort of accept that uh, that hourly balance of trying to work all the time, but also trying to have a life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think she does a really great job at it. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, one year, con- almost one year. Congratulations. That's that's a good that's a good start. You know, like most people, at least some of the people I know, probably don't last that long. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you you got you got something going on there. And uh, you should be proud of that. Um, Thank you. What? What do you? Uh, are you comfortable mentioning your partner's name? So we can. Yeah. So her name is Michelle. Um, she is an art student going to school in Cal Arts, and mm-hmm. she's studying character animation or character design, I think. Mm-hmm. Nice. So Michelle's uh, doing animation, and how did you guys meet? Like, was it like because she's in Cal Arts, and do you do you go to where did you go to school? I went to school at Cal State Northridge, so Cal Arts and Cal State Northridge are about twenty-ish minutes away. I think it's okay. like ten miles. Uh, we met on good old-fashioned Tinder. Nice. Uh, and shockingly enough, I think there's like a lot of stereotypes for dating apps, and at least the stereotype I had of Tinder at the time was like it was more like a like a hookup app than mm-hmm. actually like a relationship app, and. I'm really not the hookup type. And I was kind of shocked that that's like where this relationship came from. I would have thought it'd probably come from like one of the more, I guess, intricate dating apps, mm-hmm. but we matched on Tinder and we've been dating since September of 2019. Oh, that's cool, dude. I mean, Tinder is a very interesting game <laughs> uh, <laughs> in my area. It's very hard to match with people on Tinder. Cause you don't get a lot of people uh, Spokane, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we like to call it the little big city. You know, it's a very small town um, with that thinks it's a big town sometimes, you know. Um, mm-hmm. There's really just downtown Spokane in this area if you wanted to, like, hang out. I mean, okay, I, I, I'm I'm shitting on Spokane. I, I, I often do on this show. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, I should um, talk to my hometown a lot, too. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think it, it, it's also, like, farmland and stuff, not a lot to do. And people mm-hmm. are like, why'd you leave? I'm like, because there's nothing to do. Yeah. So I'm in LA now. Well, the thing with Spokane, it's definitely not farmland. You know, it, it is mm. a, it's a sizable city here. Um, but what I'm trying to get at is like you kind of know everybody here still, even though it's it's kind of big, but it's not. But you still meet everybody, especially like when you're in the theater community here. You know every single person. If you don't know that person, you know somebody that knows that person. <laughs> so yeah, I I think I, I get what you're saying because I also like open Tinder up whenever I visit home, like every like twice a year i think and i'd be like i know a lot of these people already Mm -hmm, exactly so like to see you get like success on tinder finding michelle over there like that's interesting what what do you what do you think clicked when you initially uh um matched um i don't know it was just something about her the way she 
that her she uh the way i guess the way she approached her her account and everything she looked like she had a sense of humor based on her pictures and it really caught my eye mm-hmm. and it's a little dorky of a confession here but i really wanted to to like get her attention <laughs> and uh so what i ended up doing was i don't think i i didn't want to buy uh i have no idea what they're called I, whatever like this i think it's called super like at this point the uh, thing where you swipe tinder, up and it, well i think with regards to purchasing i think you mean tinder gold yeah right? yeah well whatever the thing goes that like when you swipe up it's like hey it's, it's super like yeah yeah it's like this person likes you like here's their face mm-hmm. um and I think at the time, because I don't know what the app looks like now, but at the time they'd give you like one for free every 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of finessed the system where I, I think I had, I didn't have super likes at the time, but I didn't want to like lose her profile. Mm-hmm. So I shared her, her profile. Uh, and, you know, it's an instance of like, you know, you're supposed to share this with a friend who you think would be a good match for them. Mm-hmm. I shared it to myself on Twitter. Ah. Uh, through, through DM and then like waited 24 hours, came back, clicked it, and then super liked her, and then realized she had already swiped right on me. So I was like, "Oh, look at that!" I didn't, I didn't really have to go through all that, but like, I guess that's that's a good feeling. Dang, Luis, look at you, man! <laughs> that's <laughs> she seemed act- to really really like that story because I guess it you know it shows how much I really liked her already before yeah. I even talking to her. It it's definitely very cute. It's very it's a very much a funny story that. You know, if it didn't work out, probably would have been uh, kind of weird. But it, it turned out, yeah. it turned out, it turned out good in the end. That's like the most important part of it. Um, why did you go through all those links? Do you think to, uh, for this girl? No, I think something about her just seemed really down to earth. Um, she seemed very sweet, and I guess the way she wore her bio, she seemed easy to talk to, mm-hmm. um, and. I just really wanted her attention. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, um, I've super liked a few people in my day on Tinder. I'm, I don't, I don't go on these apps anymore, man. Like, <laughs> I've kind of given up. Um, mostly because I just want to focus on my career a little bit. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm kind of like in the mindset of like, you know, whatever happens, happens. It, it'll, it'll eventually come. Uh, I think mm-hmm. w- what we talked about earlier, like with, you know, fame and getting subscribers and stuff like that, like. You, you mentioned, like, if it comes, it'll come my way. I'm just going to do my own thing. And that's kind of always been my mindset with dating and with, like, my theater company, too. My theater troupe. It's, we're not yeah. a, an official company. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I just kind of, like, go with the flow with it all. Um, but I've super liked a few people, and I've gotten ignored <laughs> a few times. So Yeah, I mean, that was totally a possibility that could have happened, too. <laughs> yeah. So um, tell me a little bit more. Where did it go from there? So you, you match on Tinder. How long do you talk to do you two talk to each other online until you're like, hey, I want to see you in person? Um, I think we talked like for a day or two. I think at the time I was uh, I think I was visiting a friend in South L.A. for their birthday. And mm-hmm. like while, while his birthday party was happening, I was also like texting her the whole time. And she was like, so do you want to meet up this weekend? And I don't know, as, as like a person that's been on dating apps for a while, I'm like, wow, that was, that was pretty quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Normally, you know, normally I talk to them for a week or so, and then we'll try to figure out something out. Um, but she was pretty insistent on already wanting to meet up. 
so I set up for a date somewhere in the in like in, in the town in between us to go get coffee or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I recall correctly, uh, we we're supposed to meet like on the Saturday, and then right before it, she ended up delaying it because the one of the artists that worked on the game Journey mm-hmm. uh, was visiting her school and doing a talk, and so she wanted to go to the talk. We delayed it to Sunday, and uh, ended up going or realizing the day of that the cafe we were going to was closed on Sundays. Mm. And so we like really spontaneously picked a last minute alternative and met up in my town mm-hmm. and just kind of hit it off from there. Nice. Um, you said she's into animation and stuff. Um, is it like video game animation at CalArts or is it like, um, you know, your Pixar's, your um, Disney animation type deal? Um, well, they just teach general animation. I think the animation that I think is applicable to different sorts of mediums, whether it's TV show, film, or video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think she's decided on what specifically she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, she's still trying to figuring it, figuring it out. I think she's in her second year at this point. Oh. Um, but I mean, it, it seems like she can go into pretty much any, any industry she'd want to, as long as it's like, uh, in the subject matter of what she's studying. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was, I think at the point or at that time I was caught by surprise. She was like, Oh yeah, I, can we cancel or can we delay? Cause I'm going to go, uh, see a panel on this game called journey. Have you heard of it? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I love journey. Like, mm-hmm. this is fantastic. I'm like, I'm more shocked that you know what journey is. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. Did you, well, uh, would it have been weird if you were like, Hey, can I like, can I come? <laughs> Can I come see it? Or was it like just a student thing? Like I, I very much thought about. It. I think it was just a student thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, man, that's that's cool. Because like I don't even think like Journey is is a very great game, but I don't think it's a game that's commonly known by the majority of people that play video games. Mm-hmm. Like when I say I was shocked that she uh, knew the game, it was like, oh, she's she's a woman. You know, women don't play video games or the, mm-hmm. the very bad stereotypes of it. It's more like not many people know this game is a game like yeah. this isn't like call of duty or super mario it's it's just like a very obscure indie game that a small mm. people a group of, of people on playstation really like yeah in your defense i didn't think that of you i i thought literally the same thing like oh journey yeah that's uh, uh that's very it, to us gamers and stuff like it's not really niche you know like we i think yeah. everybody who owns a ps4 or a playstation console knows what journey is but if you're not in that video game ecosystem, Journey is not a game that you would necessarily like. It's not, it's not like you said your Call of Duties or even something like The Last of Us, which I think it's been getting tra- a lot of traction recently um, with the second installment coming out and everything. Yeah, indeed. But I mean, that, that also like helped catch my eye at that point. I was like, oh, she she knows like really obscure but really cool video games. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does she play any video games? Uh, yeah. So she's played um from what i understand she was playing a few games on ps2 when she was younger um she played like katamari on ps2 mm-hmm. um and she's played a few indie games so i think her her main rig is uh, a laptop that she has uh so she was playing things like my time in porsche stardew valley um i guess more like low level in terms of technology games that don't require that much uh to run Mm-hmm. But she doesn't seem like 
it's not that she doesn't want to play games. I guess she just didn't have the the platform to play them on. And I guess with their family being a bit more stricter when she was younger, she didn't really have a lot of time to play them. Uh, but now that we started dating, I, I got her a Switch Lite like right before COVID hit. I, nice. like, I timed that so perfectly <laughs> that I didn't get hit with like the marked up prices of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's been playing a lot more games. We just played uh, Borderlands 1 together mm-hmm. uh, when the when the HD collection came to Switch. Uh, I got her Animal Crossing for our, I guess it was her six month anniversary. Mm-hmm. And we played that for a while. Um, and she's playing a lot more indie games on it now that she has like a rig that actually is getting actively new games all the time. Nice. Well, that's cool that like you got to introduce her to your, you know, your passion, like kind of like what you do. Um, how, like, what was her reaction to you being like, you know, doing video game journalism? Like, um, was she, do you remember like what she, what she thought about that? I don't, I don't think she was like blown aback by it. I think she was just very accepting of it, which is ultimately all I can really hope for because mm-hmm. not everyone's too uh, into the idea of their significant other being a YouTuber or, you know, they think like, oh, my significant other spends his free time playing video games. And, you know, this doesn't sound as uh, like, it like, doesn't really sound like a work thing to most mm-hmm. people. And she was very really accepting of it and supportive. And mm-hmm. I really appreciated of that. Yeah, I think like as arts people, um, we kind of like accept other people's arts and be like, oh yeah, you sure are, you sure are valid. You know, I know a lot of different kind of artists, and like if I were to date someone who's in business, you know, or like you know the the real job people, quote unquote, you know what I mean? Like, um, I yeah. think I would have a lot more trouble uh, getting across. Like, hey, I do theater, and I like you know the one play I did like for my theater troupe, we did it in a bar. <laughs> like that was, uh, that's something that I do. I do theater troops. I mentor kids, you know, and now I do this podcast. I think it, it, for a non-artist, like it would be kind of hard to wrap their head around something like that. But since your girlfriend's already into animation, which, you know, that's another field where you're like, I feel like it's criticized and be like, man, uh, okay, so you do animation, but like, what's your real job, you know? Like, I, yeah. I think, like, she can look at you and be like, oh, yeah, he, he, journal, like, video games and journalism, you know, like, those are, those are hard to get into industries, but it's still a job. It's still something you're passionate about. So um, I'm glad that she's supportive. <laughs> but I feel like that's just art majors, yeah. like, art people in general just are accepting of other artists, you know? Yeah, and to your point, like, I, my degree was in business management, so I, I know a lot of those people, and I've dated those people. Oh, boy. And, yeah, th- not always very supportive with the whole idea of, of writing about video games and, you know, a lot of uh, heads knocking into each other like that and, you know, trying to understand each other. And sometimes it doesn't work out, but I'm happy that it's working out with this one. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's that logic brain, you know, like, I think – and you know it's it's not a bad thing or anything like that but like uh, when people think logically like that i think they can't understand like why we do the thing that we do um when i sit down with the kids i mentor who are like like uh, well not just the kids but even like my friends who are like having trouble with like acting and stuff like that i've i had to sit down and tell ask them like hey why exactly do you want to do this <laughs> you know like it seems like you're genuinely frustrated that you can't get parts you know so why are you putting yourself through this um through this hell because with regards to like auditions and stuff like that you're kind of like putting yourself out there um both emotionally and 
you know, personally on stage um, each and every night. So, and even at auditions. So when they told me like, well, I want to do it to gain experience and, you know, it's because it'll look good on my resume. I was just like, man, kind of get in line because <laughs> that's what everybody's uh, yeah. trying to do here. And so um, it's very important to try to figure out like why you do what you do. Um, that's why I always tell people anyway. Um, kind of curious though, because I never asked the video gamer um, this question, but like, why do you think you gravitate towards video games? Like why journalism? Because you have that business management degree, but like what, what do you think gravitated you towards uh, a life as a video game journalist? And do you see yourself necessarily as a video game journalist in the future? Um, well, in terms of getting the business degree, my, I guess my thought process behind it was like, at the time I had started doing this YouTube channel and I think I was like three years into it at that point. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is kind of a business. I should probably know how to run a business. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it seems pretty applicable to most industries since every business has a manager in it. So I'm like, I guess I'm doing business and that's essentially why I picked it. But in terms of why I gravitated towards video games, I think it's just like, it's it's the art form I was really introduced uh, into as a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, I was born and my father had a Super Nintendo and I kind of just played that as a kid. Uh, and then as I got older and the N64 came out, he was like, hey, I'm buying this for you, even though you're like four and you can't really play it. Mm -hmm. But like, here you go. I was, I was like the quote unquote excuse or reasoning behind him buying video games. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of grew up playing them and seeing them sort of evolve from these games of like, I'm Mario and I'm just trying to get to the end of the level to, uh, I guess to keep in sync with Mario is like, now I'm, I'm playing on the GameCube. Now I'm Mario and, uh, you know, I'm being accused of a crime and I'm trying to like clean up the island. And I think the progression of like, just arcadey video games into more, I guess, traditional art of story, of telling a story and finding ways to tell that story in unique ways, I think is what captured me the most. And especially now as an adult, games that, even the games that are quote unquote less like a video game and more like an interactive film mm -hmm. or just an interactive story really capture my eye of getting me to get lost in this world and care about characters and their motivations, their outcome and, feeling uh, an assortment of different feelings for them, whether it's like happiness, sadness, or everything in between. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of like had that same progression with video games too. I, I At one point I wanted to be a journalist so I can get into video game journalism. Um, I remember also playing the SNES. I think I was like four or five. Um, we had a used one um, and enjoying that. But I always, up until like the PS2 era, like I've always played like movies to games one of those those shitty ones. <laughs> I, uh, mm. And being in Saudi Arabia, you're not really introduced to a lot of, you know, what would like your Zeldas or, well, I guess I was introduced to Mario and Zelda, but, you know, I had bad friends. <laughs> Let's just say they never let me play. <laughs> so I like, I had a little bit of resentment towards those games growing up. But um, I had my PS2 and I remember playing Metal Gear. Um, I'm here, I hear about it. I heard about it a lot. And I was like, I played it on my PSP initially, the uh, Metal Gear Portable Ops, and be like, this mm -hmm. is interesting. Uh, not realizing that I, I was playing Portable Ops Plus, which, have you played that one? Yeah. Yeah, that one being, there was no story. It was a multiplayer game. And I was like, 
oh, so this is the Metal Gear that I've heard about. <laughs> and then I played <laughs> Metal Gear Acid afterwards because I mainly played on my PSP. I love portable gaming more than the actual console stuff. So I was playing Metal Gear Acid as well. And I was thinking, is this Metal Gear? <laughs> like, this is interesting. <laughs> uh, this, is, uh, this, is, uh, this is where all the hype is. Metal Gear Acid is a really good game, though. Um, I, I will say, but then it wasn't until I actually sat down and played them on the PS2 and be like, oh, there's a story here. Dang, this is interesting. And I think I was playing one at the time as well. Well, no, I think I, I don't know which one I was playing, but it was Metal Gear really that was, uh, that changed my opinion on video games where I was like, oh, this is, uh, this feels grown up. This feels like a, an adult thing. It isn't just like the kiddie stuff that I was playing as a kid, like video games can be like this, you know? And so I started, I eventually get a, P- get a PS3 and play all those, you know, all the, the hit games. And I developed a, a love for video games for journal, like, and doing video game journalism, you know, watching your kind of funnies, your podcast beyond and all that. And I thought I was going to be a journalist for a long time. But um, eventually, that never worked out because theater was my passion. Um, finding that out uh, through college that I actually enjoy theater and the performing arts more than actual journalism. I was actually failing my journalism classes. So um, mm. so I eventually did theater, but I always had a respect for video games. And but it's kind of like what you were saying. Like, they've evolved so much like compared to where they were when I was a kid. I'm 28 uh sorry no 27 gosh why did i age myself (laughs) um so i'm like 27 and you know playing a game like the last of us like just recently and being like dang man this is this is where it's at you know or ghost of tsushima like that game i I feel like i liked ghost of tsushima as a game more than the last of us um but overall games are great you know um i always admire gaming journalism and yeah that's pretty much what I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, I think in many ways, at least if you were born like in, in the 90s or late 80s, um, video games kind of aged along with you in the sense of like, you know, as you're a kid, you're playing a lot more arcadey traditional games that are, you know, less about story and more about just playing the game. Mm-hmm. And then as you grow older, you get things like Metal Gear or Child of the Colossus. Mm-hmm. And these games are, you know, just as much stories that, as they are games. And you know, I started off playing games about uh, a plumber that collected mushrooms and coins, and now I'm playing games like Florence, where I'm taught or playing as an interracial couple, mm-hmm. a couple on my phone, and dealing with like the discussions of relationships mm-hmm. and so many other more obscure but also mature topics in video games. Yeah, I love Florence. Very uh, underrated game. I played that on my phone a while back, and it, it was really good. Very nice bite-sized game for sure. Um, yeah, I love. Anything that Annapurna Interactive puts out, they're probably one of my my main video game companies. I love to work. For. Oh yeah, Annapurna, like they they make good movies too. <laughs> Which yeah, I, love, I love their movies too. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of crazy uh, seeing a, a movie studio kind of get dip into that world. Um, I can't name mm-hmm. any Annapurna games off the top of my head, but you mentioned Florence, and yeah, that's one of them. Um, going back to Michelle, what's a game that you two play that's like your game? Or or do you not have one one of those? Um, probably Stardew Valley. Really? Uh, I've owned Stardew Valley since it came out, and I never played it until I started dating her. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I she just somehow made that game fun for me. I, I really haven't had the patience to play like life simulator games that much, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of maybe maybe Animal Crossing. Uh, but she kind of pushes me to want to play more of them, and I guess sort of the the social aspect of those games and playing with her mm-hmm. uh, makes those games enjoyable to me. And not to say that Stardew was like a bad game without her, but it just something it wasn't something that really compelled me to want to play it um like as a game journalist we typically get a game i don't know like two weeks early we finish the game we write a review and by the time the game is out and all your friends are playing it you're like already done with it you know you've had your your thoughts right now and everything and you don't really get that same enjoyment of hey we all have the game now let's play or what do you think at the beginning of the game it's more like yeah i've I've kind of been done already now i have to go to the next game Mm. before that game comes out Mm. Um, and so games like Stardew that are like not really a quote unquote work game for me, but just like a leisure game of just playing it for playing it. Um, I don't really get to have that too much. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I guess really compelled me to want to play with her, mm-hmm. uh, when we first started. Yeah. And you would have to imagine a game like Stardew Valley is, it's kind of hard to review if you have a, a, other things like in your backlog as well, because that is a progression game. <laughs> like it, you can yeah. play that forever for years and um, it, it changes with the years, like kind of like in the same way, like animal crossing does, you know, there's usually they always add something new. Uh, at least I'm not too familiar with Stardew Valley to be saying this, uh, but like, uh, I'm sure like they, they add stuff into it. Like, once every couple months or something and there's always something new in there but it's definitely a progression game where you you've got to play over multiple days and months in order to get the full um grasp of that game unless unless i could be totally wrong about that no you're you're completely right i believe the multiplayer launched like years after the game itself launched so I mean, I guess to, in perspective, like I, maybe the multiplayer thing didn't interest me before because it wasn't a thing before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like finding enjoyment with uh, Michelle, um, that's really great. I love it when video games do that because, you know, I whenever I play like video games with my friends, it, it definitely changes something. You know, like I just recently I played with one of the kids I mentor like Fortnite. Uh, we've been wanting to play for a while and I was like, hey let's play for like, let's play video games. And he wanted to play Fortnite Cause he's like 14. Uh, shout out Murphy. We actually, we actually met, uh, we actually interviewed the, the kids I mentor on the show, which it's very, very cool. I'm uh, giving them a platform to like express and talk about things. Um, so I was playing with, with Murphy and I enjoyed that game a lot more playing with him than I would just like sitting down by myself playing Fortnite, which I, I did once but I never really invested into it too much. Yeah, I played it with a few people on my Discord server, and I'm very much the type of, like, man, I am terrible at this game, but, I'll, like, a lot of you want to play it, and it's a good way for us to all interact with each other, so let's play. Because uh, a lot of my... I realize, like, a lot of my audience that... At least the audience that I'm constantly interacting with on the on Discord mm-hmm. um, are not from the U.S. Like, someone's from the U.K., someone's from Argentina... And not all of them have access to, you know, the latest video games. Uh, I believe one of them just built a PC uh, for, like, the first time. Now they can actually run games that are somewhat modern. And so we're playing, like, you know, pretty old but also reasonably be reasonably priced games that aren't too expensive outside of the U.S. Uh, for things like in South America. Mm-hmm. And so we're playing a lot more free-to-play games like Warzone or Fortnite. But 
it's also much more inclusive and i think that's what makes it fun too mm-hmm. yeah and they're just easy to get into like fortnite you would imagine like ah oh, man you need to be a pro and, and you know the, to an extent like yeah you get your uh, uh gamer guys you know uh, the uh com- competitors who are really good at fortnite but it, i think what's great about fortnite and even games like stardew valley um they're really easy to get into it's like you can show this game to somebody and be like hey the controls are very simple um you can just go and have fun with it you know mm-hmm. and i think it's it's really just a good entry point for people that don't necessarily always play games or haven't played a game before but want to get into it mm-hmm. yeah i wouldn't i definitely want to introduce him to the last of us especially part two like especially with that first beginning and like not to spoil it or anything for the people who haven't played but god that first scene you know that first moment it's just like i think like just playing the last of us in general um i Mm -hmm. had heart palpitations (laughs) like i I had like i had a physical with my doctor and i think i was still like i I, like my like my blood pressure was still high and so he was like hmm sid you have high blood pressure like what's going on and i think like it might have been a combination of me being seen at the doctor and also uh still thinking about that game and how stressed out it made me um but yeah like i i love introducing people to like like easy to do games you know i wish more people played animal crossing because i think that's also a really good game um to like let people chill you know it was what a perfect game that came out in like 2020 yeah um my girlfriend was watching me play she's not too great with controlling the camera and movement of a character at the same time yet mm-hmm. and borderlands one was kind of our, our practice round of that mm-hmm. uh, but she wants me to play through last of us two and like a lot of the controversy of like the representation in that game and how uh, a lot of people were mad with how the story went the way it went mm-hmm. uh she wasn't like playing the game but she was there watching me and i sort of gave her like a synopsis of the first game and that was like one of the conversations we had of like, hey, you're a bi woman. What do you think of this? Um, and what do you think of this aspect of the story? And having known what happens in the first game, like, what do you think of their execution? And even though she's not really into this game in particular for playing it, uh, I like that we were able to have those conversations and discussions about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, just real to touch real quick on The Last of Us like representation. I think like it's a very good attempt. You know, you don't really see a lot of um, like stories like that in the mainstream. I mean, you get, you definitely get a lot of indie games that are LGBT centric night, night in the woods is uh, one game I gravitate towards too. I think that's a really good game with some really good representation there. But in terms of like, like a mainstream game, I think like the naughty dog did a really good job. Um, You know, people are probably not going to exactly like it, but I think there's discussion to be had of, you know, what, probably wasn't executed right and what could be done better in the future and you know that's art you know <laughs> uh yeah exactly i think the the big point is like that they're trying and you know they're they're doing the best that they think they can but it's also like a growing pain thing and you know it's something that we like whatever they learned from the first game was applied here and vice versa you'll probably see it in their next title whether it's last of us three or something completely new yeah i hope they do something new <laughs> i i mean i sure let's do last of us three but i really want to see a new naughty dog game one day you know um yeah i I wonder where it goes from here because it really went from like 
very cartoonish platformers to you know the hijinks of stereotypical action films with Uncharted mm-hmm. and very dark, gruesome Last of Us. I'm like, where does it like? I don't think you can go back to like happy 3D platformers anymore. I think you've like dug yourself so deep that I don't know where we're going at this point. Well, I think maybe they could do a 3D platformer, but you know, with that Naughty Dog twist somewhere. I'm like I said, I'm very excited with the new generation and everything. I really hope they. I'm I'm pretty sure they'll bring their A game to whatever they is they do. Um, going back to Michelle, because we talked about like a lot of the stuff that you introduced her to, like you know video games and playing games with each other. Um, in the span of your relationship, has she introduced you to anything like from her, from her world, whether it's animation or any other interests and hobbies that she might had? I think with her, it's been a lot of uh, just aspects of korean culture and media that comes with it Mm -hmm. Uh, so she's a korean american and over the course of us dating i've started learning korean but she's also introduced things like the food of korea um, film and different stories about it that i find very fascinating Mm -hmm. because prior until then i had watched i think train to busan and parasite and those were like (laughs) the two Korean things in my life I had, I had memory of. Mm. Um, but she's definitely had an impact on me in terms of like the way I see stories. And uh, I find myself watching a lot more foreign films uh, outside of just like the Japanese and Chinese films I was already watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think Bung Jung, who uh, oh, I, I hope I said his last name, right. Um, who did parasite. Like he's a, a Korean uh, director. And I love all his work, like Okja. Um, and, yeah, that was one of the films we just saw, uh, uh, like, I think that, three months ago. How did you, how did you recover <laughs> from that movie? I really liked it. It made me really want to go live on a farm in, in the mountains somewhere. Yeah, I, it, uh, it crushed my spirits, that's for sure. <laughs> like, towards the end, like, I don't think I can watch that movie again. I mean, it was good. It's very good. That's why... I can't watch it again because, boy, a lot of the subject matter, it's just like, it, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned Busan, and I didn't see Train to Busan, but going off topic here, um, kind of funny, Greg Miller, uh, going on a tirade about this Busan wa- like coffee that he keeps drinking. And I don't know, I, I couldn't help but laughing because he keeps mentioning it. And you know, Greg, you know, like running a joke to the ground. <laughs> Like he always, yeah. <laughs> like he always does, and we—I love it personally. I, I think a lot of people don't, maybe, but um, he mentioned Busan a lot recently, and that's his new thing. <laughs> um, let's see, how much stuff kind of funny do you know? Like, I mean, besides Greg Miller and the Colin thing, like, do you watch any of the kind of funny stuff? Yeah, so I've watched uh, KFGD. I've been most recently listening to. The name is escaping me, but they're their pilot for their Xbox podcast that they're doing right now with Alana, it's, Mike, and uh, Gary. Yeah, Xbox. Uh, sorry, uh, kind of funny Xcast. There we go. Yeah, yeah I've been watching that, um, hoping it gets funded so I could actually listen to it on Spotify and not just have to go on YouTube every time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I've been following them pretty much since the beginning because I was following Colin and Greg when they were. I mean, I think Greg had only been working at IGN for like a year or two when I started watching their content mm-hmm. uh, back then. Like, it was like Ryan Clements was still working there. Oh, yeah. Jeez. And, <laughs> yeah. A while ago. Um, and then he started kind of funny, went through all that. And 
I've, I feel like I'm pretty caught up with everything. I haven't gone to any of their live events, mm-hmm. but uh, so like I think I would count myself as part of the community, but I don't ever really go to any of the live person events, but I also know a lot of the people that do go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was assuming that's probably how you had met me because uh, I have a lot of mutuals in that community. Yeah, um, I followed a lot of, yeah, I followed you, um, then Chloe, and then, you know, Blessing, uh, like bef- kind of like before they all became like going on the show and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, so like I, I've never met Blessing or Chloe, but I know both of them through my affiliation with Christian, who goes by Pixel Brave online. Oh, Pixel Brave too, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. So he's done some stuff as well. I love Pixel. Yeah, so him, him and I have actually met in person at I believe one of the podcasts Beyond Live events, mm-hmm. and uh, in the serendipitous moment where. Uh, we were both in Tokyo at the same time, uh-huh. but he was leaving the country as I was coming in. <laughs> uh, he like I gave him my Airbnb address. He left me like a care package, and uh, he had left by the time I got there. Uh, but it turns out that he was in Japan to film a wedding for another kind of funny best friend, Ian, mm. who does the OK Beast podcast. Oh yeah, uh, and- well I don't know Ian, but uh, OK Beast, yeah, that's where that's where blessing comes from. Yeah, so he was one of the people on the podcast. Uh, that's how I met Ian. And then when I started talking to Ian for the first time, I was like, oh, yeah, so how do you know Christian? He filmed my wedding. I was like, oh, I was I was there. I didn't, I didn't know if we were both there at the same time. And it's sort of this whole, like, degrees of separation. Where we're, like, always so close to each other, but just not enough to actually meet each other. Yeah. Well, don't feel bad that thinking like oh just because i didn't go to a live event i'm not a, a kind of funny best friend or anything like i only went to one <laughs> uh, i went to kind of funny live three um that was like my first trip by myself like where i funded it and got my own hotel and it wasn't like a school thing or you know me coming to from saudi arabia all the way over here i'm, I'm half half by the way i don't know if i mentioned that to you but i'm half american half uh, arab so um, mm-hmm. that's why my English is so good. Every time I say that to people, like, "Oh yeah, it's English. It's so great," you know, it's yeah, it's I'm half American. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I've only been to one life event. I try. I almost went to the prom thing that they were doing, but uh, life kind of just happened. So uh, that's how I met Jared. Actually, I briefly met him. I gave him a hug and I told him how much I loved pockets full of soup. And then something happened because I was waiting in line to get into the venue where they put like the security mm-hmm. thing and then Jared disappeared and I never saw him again <laughs> like throughout the whole three days that I was there. And I was like, dang, uh-huh. I really wanted to talk with him like really like and talk about how much the show meant to me. You know, obviously now it means a lot because it's I don't know, I stole the format, you know, like <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same thing that he, he kind of does. But, you know, like I joke around thinking like, ah, oh, Jared's going to be so mad. He's going to sue or whatever. But now nah, I think I think Jared, knowing Jared, he'd just be like, doki doki, you know, <laughs> or whatever mm-hmm. his Jaredisms. He'll be so excited. Um, yeah. Don't think you're not a kind of funny best friend because you haven't been to the live events. You're catching up. You know, you know what's going on. Yeah, I'll probably end up going to the next one. It's more just like meeting people. I don't think it's like the fact that I'm not at these events, but I'm like, it's more like just we're all Twitter mutuals, but we've never met or like actually talked in person mm-hmm. yet. Um, but one day. Yeah, you should listen to the two episodes that we'll have. Uh, I think by the time your episode comes out, it, Kevin's episode will be out. But Kevin and Deanna, 
they were both my online friends and I met him when I was in Saudi Arabia and we just spoke online for the longest time and we would video chat here and there, but mostly we'd just been text, you know, and, you know, eventually we met each other and it was like really cool. So I'm, I, I think if, you know, even if you listeners are interested, you should listen to uh, Deanna's podcast episode or by the time this com- one comes out, Kevin, Kevin Barry's episode should come out as well. So watch those. Those are really dope. Cause I was kind of in a similar situation where I was like, ah, I'm meeting these online people that I've known for five years and I've only met them online and now I get to see them in person. This is weird, but eventually became normal, especially since Kevin and I, we live in Washington. So we see each other kind of frequently. Um, I think if COVID didn't happen, I, I think I would have had one more trip left to like see him this year sometime. But um, yeah, you should come to another event. They're, they're doing one. Uh, they're going to be doing a, uh, a big opening for their new studio one day. Yeah. I, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go to that one. And then like COVID happened, like that's probably not going to happen for a long time. Yeah, exactly. Um, what were the other things? So you mentioned uh, like Korean and stuff like that. Like what else has she introduced you to? Like what's kind of like her hobbies? It's not really a hobby, but she definitely introduced me to the spicy food. Ooh. Uh, it's kind of embarrassing as like a Hispanic man is that I had no tolerance for spice food mm-hmm. or spicy food. And she really like brought that out of me uh, to the point where like even my family is like what happened. Because <laughs> uh, like for perspective, like my mother used to like roast me about not being able to eat a jalapeno. <laughs> she would be like, I'd give you I'll give you money right now if you eat this whole pepper. Like that's how bad I was at it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like out eating her in terms of spicy food uh and it's just something her and i kind of do now together is anytime we go out to eat and it's like one of those restaurants we're like how hot do you want the food to be level one to five we usually end up getting a pretty high spice level and it's basically just because she's slowly accustomed me to getting my tolerance higher and higher yeah i would i would argue that spicy food or is kind of a culture if you look if you really like dig in deep into it like you see like all these brands of hot sauce. Like, have you ever been on the, th- there's this website that I use, the Heishiness or whatever. Like there's a website that sells like a lot of the, uh, why can't I remember all these shows? Like the show where they eat like hot wings. Like, oh, hot ones. Hot ones, yeah. Um, it's the place where- I've always wanted to be on that show too. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I actually could do it now too. Yeah. Um, like well, I, I would have chicken out the first win. Well, they have all the, the hot sauces on this hot sauce website. I, I'll probably, I'll link it to you later. Um, maybe I'll put it in the description or whatever. But um, it's, there's a lot of different kinds of hot sauces out there. Some of them are very weird, weirdly branded. Um, I haven't really like experimented with those kinds of hot sauce, I think like the one out there hot sauce that I've ever bought, if you've listened to the the Try Guys, um, if you know who they are, they're on BuzzFeed. They're mm-hmm. a bunch of guys who try a bunch of things. <laughs> I guess like yeah. the best way to describe it. Uh, one of them, Keith, uh, really loves chicken. Like If you know him, you know, he really loves fried chicken a lot. And so he- Yeah, I'm exactly the same way. <laughs> and so he wanted to make like a, a hot sauce that can accommodate- uh, his love for chicken. So he made this really cool, uh, spicy, like habanero, like hot sauce, but it's not too spicy. Um, it's got like this ranch tang to it. 
uh, with like dill and some ranch powder. And it's really good. It's like if you mix hot sauce with like ranch, but like add a couple other nice things in there. And so I'm like, huh, this hot sauce culture is really cool. And that recently I've been putting like tapatio on my stuff. Um, sriracha has always been a staple. Um, but yeah, like it's very interesting to see what kind of hot sauce is out there. Cause you would think like, oh, it's, it's hot sauce. You know, it's either going to be mild, medium, or very hot. But a lot of people love to experiment with hot sauces. And I think that's, that's an interesting thing. I kind of want to get into it more, especially as a spice enthusiast myself. I love, <laughs> to the detriment of my mother, every time I cook something, um, I always make it sp very spicy, at least for her anyway. Um, so she can't really eat my stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm running into the same problem now, too, where... Like the one time my mother came over when both Michelle and I were over, we made uh, this Korean dish called tteokbokki, which isn't really spicy. I mean, it's slightly spicy, but not really. Mm -hmm. She could not eat it. She refused to eat it. So it's it's definitely a thing I'm running into as well now. Oh yeah, <laughs> now you get to you get to roast your own mom now. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> have you like have you roasted like oh yeah? It looks like you can't eat this now, mom. Like, you tried to force me to eat a jalapeno, and now you can't eat this? <laughs> oh, I, I tell her, I'm like, hey, it's like you're the kid now. Like, you're, you know, stop being so picky with your food. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when is your guys' anniversary? Because you said uh, it's not quite a year yet. Yeah, it's uh, September 22nd. Ooh, nice. So this episode will probably be released a little bit later, um, probably around the September, October mark. Um do you want to talk about any plans? Like what, what, what you got? What you got surprised? I'm pretty sure you do. Uh, I don't know. Cause I don't know what'll be open. You don't need to have anything open to like surprise your girl, man. Like I'm sure you. Well, no, normally I, I don't, we don't really go to very like fancy bougie restaurants, but usually for these occasions, I'd like to take her out. Mm -hmm. Um, don't know what'll be happening in, in terms of like dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, but I already gave her her gift like early. Um, she had a really old iPhone, uh, an iPhone six. Mm -hmm. That I mean, at that point, it's so old; they only have sixteen gigabytes, and the operating system now I think takes like ten or eleven. Mm -hmm. So she would run into these situations where I don't know. She'd go to the bank to go handle some business and text me like, "Hey, um, I'll I'll text you. I'm, I got to like delete the banking app to download Google Maps so I can get back home." Oh. Uh, and then like stuff like that like i i just don't know how someone lives like that it, it baffled me yeah. uh i i would not be able to handle that so jokingly like around the first few months we started dating i was like hey i'm gonna buy you a phone one day and you know we, we laughed it off and even i was like i don't know how i'm gonna do it but i'm gonna get her a phone one day <laughs> and i got her a new iphone nice oh that's cool dude i wish you were my boyfriend <laughs> you buy me stuff that's dope i mean iphone 6 god i think like was it really small like like was it teeny compared to like the newer iphones no i think it's the same form factor i think it's just like i think back then they still offered the 16 gigabytes and at this point i think it's like 32 and 64 by default mm -hmm. uh so i i don't know i just like i could not stand her dealing with that problem because i know i couldn't oh yeah like, i i would I would have like I would find any other way to get a, a different phone if I was like that. Yeah, I always whenever I upgrade, I always have to get the the, the biggest like um, internal like drive, 
you know, because like, mm. you know, you run into all these problems. Um, I'm granted, I think I have the, the new iPhone 11 pro max or whatever, but I don't think I got the highest gigabyte. I think I got somewhere in the middle because I don't really download or take too much pictures. So it's been working good for me, but, um, yeah, I, I don't think I could live off of 32 gigs, <laughs> maybe back in 20, 2005, you know, um, but I remember seeing an iPhone five, like for the first time, like a year or two ago and seeing how small it was. I was like, dang, how did we survive? <laughs> it's so small. Yeah. But I mean, I, I might end up actually getting an iPhone now because I also feel left out of the whole FaceTime and iMessage thing. Yeah. Because I have an Android phone, so I'm like tempted to now save up again and get it myself one. Well, Facebook Messenger has been pretty helpful in that regard. Um, I would probably use that as like your thing. Um, I think a lot of apps now, except for Twitter, are doing like you can call anyone or like like video chat with anyone, like on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Yeah, we do that now. Uh... It's just like in like I don't even like to text people anymore because I'm on Android. <laughs> uh, and like it's just like group chats. I'm, I'm like the one person on Android uh, in group chats, especially like uh, among my friends' groups. So mm-hmm. I'll get like like when, you know how you can react on iMessage, like an emoji or like love a message or yeah. something. I'll just get a text that says like this person loved quote the text message quote and i'm like (laughs) ah man you're one of those people man i mean like in our own group i think we roasted the one friend who had an android like we all had iphones and he had he was the only one with an android and we're like man you're you're ruining this right now (laughs) and so he we eventually bullied him into getting an iphone eventually <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a MacBook, but I'm not carrying the MacBook around like everywhere I go to have a FaceTime call or to iMessage. Oh, message. that's fair. Um, do you just prefer Android over uh, Apple? Yeah, I like the customization of it, and I mean, I guess Apple has its thing with with video games. Uh, usually, having like uh, mobile versions of games before Android does, but then they're also kind of in a big fight with Epic Games right oh, now over Fortnite. So who knows if that'll still be a thing for a while? Oh yeah, that's. That's been wild, like reading about all this stuff, yeah. like and how fast that things are escalating. Uh, I think I'm very intrigued with what's going to happen. Yeah, I think just recently they, uh, like, they're going to ban all Epic games, like just in general. Yeah, so they're taking their tool set away, which means that if you're like in a few years, because we're we're on uh, Unreal Engine four at this moment, but like if you're an indie developer and you make your game in Unreal five, that game's not coming to iOS anymore. Dang. Uh, and I'm, I'm just like it just seems like who's gonna take the hit between them two mm-hmm. i'm very intrigued by it yeah i that that has that definitely affects like smaller developers who had no like have no business in this like war between like epic and apple um i'm like like you said like i'm really interested to follow like what's going on with that yeah i'm, I'm intrigued if this just means like Google's going to get more. I mean, because Google's, I think, also took Fortnite off the the Play Store, but they're not doing this big of a ban. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to see like, is Android going to be the new home of mobile gaming in terms of smartphones? Um, you know, what's going to happen with iOS? Mm-hmm. A lot of, like they just launched Apple Arcade, and a lot of those games run on Unreal Engine or Unity. And if those games don't run on iOS anymore, what's going to happen? Oh yeah, um, we're gonna wrap things up here real soon. Um, 
Anchor doesn't like us to stay on for more than two hours, even though they sponsor the show. <laughs> I love Anchor, but I wish we can stay on longer. Also, I have a puppy uh, who just got one, and I'm praying to God right now that he is not destroyed. Eating something. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, no worries, no worries. Let's, uh, let me ask you just one question about Michelle. Um, pretend she's here right now. Um, kind of listen in on all the stuff that you just said about her. Um, what is something that you'd like to tell her right now? I miss you a lot. Uh, she's right now. She's in Seattle. She's a, uh, she's visiting home right now. Uh, and her brother. Oh, dang. So she's been, she's been gone for like a month. Uh, so if you're listening right now, I mean, she'll probably be back by the time this comes out. She comes out, she comes back, uh, next Monday, I think. Well, if you guys are in the Washington area, you should come to Spokane. Uh, it's six hours away, but <laughs> I mean, there's some cool stuff that we can do. I know I trash talk Spokane, but there's definitely some cool stuff that we're doing. <laughs> You're like, actually, it's a really I cool mean, town. Hey, hey like, there's a few things. Like, but then that's it. <laughs> there's nothing left. We'll, we'll do those couple of things and you can go home. Um, all that. I'll definitely keep it in mind if I ever go back. Oh, she really wants me to go to Seattle. I've only ever been for packs. Mm-hmm. And when I go for like packs and events, I'm like, I arrive Sunday or Friday and I'm gone like Saturday night. Like I don't tourist uh, see or anything like that. I'm just like there for work, go to my hotel and then leave. Well, Seattle's definitely dope. I mean, it, it can overwhelm you sometimes. There's definitely a lot to do. Maybe that's just me from coming from a small town <laughs> uh, and just being like, oh man, this is, a, this is the urban jungle, as they say. <laughs> um, all right. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, this has been Wayward Artists in the Wayward World. We are in the lightning round questions. It's a series of five questions that ask each and every guest each and every time. Uh, They're fun. They're not so fast because we get into discussions about them. (laughs) And uh, yeah, Luis, are you ready? Let's go. All right. Question number one. What would be your perfect day? Uh, Waking up, getting some work done, cooking breakfast, uh watching an interesting foreign film i've never heard of mm-hmm. uh i don't know maintaining my little garden on the balcony mm. maybe playing a game with michelle and ending the night i don't know doing a leisure activity together oh that's i don't really care what it is well that's dope i i love that um i think everyone on the show kind of had a similar like have similar answers but i think like we all especially during this crazy time, like we all just crave some, some sort of normalcy <laughs> of just like, Hey, I would like to go outside and maybe watch a movie sometime or see a play. I mean, granted, if you don't believe that this pandemic is real, um, then nothing's changed. You can totally do that. <laughs> um, we're, we're very pro masks and everything that the CDC said to do on this show. Um, yeah. You mentioned foreign films, and I think this is going to be interesting for question number two, and I'll change it for you, actually. Um, what's your third favorite foreign film? Uh, the original question was, what's your third favorite movie? But since you watch foreign movies, I'm going to make it harder for you. Uh, <laughs> huh. mm, I'm going to go with this Japanese animated film called Koe no Katachi uh, translates to a silent voice in English. Ooh. What's um, synopsis, I guess is a boy bullies a, a death girl when they're children uh, to the point that she moves away and people end up bullying him for bullying this girl. 
Uh, he, as a, as a young teenager, he becomes very suicidal, but then chooses not to kill himself and instead uh, learn sign language and sort of try to redeem himself for the sake of himself, but also of the girl and just try to make things right with her and be your friend. Oh, that's, that's really touching. I, you know, shout out to anime, you know, sometimes like, <laughs> sometimes like I like to make fun of it. Cause like, you know, the, uh, what do they call it? The boy, the like the, sh- what, it, what do they call like the boy, like for like anime for boys, you know, like the one piece, like there, there's a name for it. Uh, um... Shippu something. I can't remember what it's called. I'm zoning out. Oh my gosh, uh, this is embarrassing. Oh, that's fine. I mean, like you know the stereotypical anime stuff. Like I, Shippuden. 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 I think something. Yeah, like that. Like I, I don't really dig it too much. Like I'll watch My Hero Academia. Uh, I haven't watched too much of season two, or I haven't seen three or four yet. But I do love My Hero Academia. I do like One Piece here and there, but um, I don't normally just don't watch anime because I don't know. I don't. I just don't like all the the stereotypes and the troops. And but like actual anime movies are like dope. Like you got your Miyazaki's, you know, they're always great, uh, a good time. And then there's some anime movies that I've seen that don't fall into those, you know, anime tropes too much. And I can enjoy those movies. <laughs> um, I'm excited mm-hmm. to to watch this one because that one seems really interesting. Especially since it's about from the way you described it, like human connection, which that's my thing. Um, if you yeah, it's on Netflix too. If you want to oh, watch it, nice! I've been watching Umbrella Academy, so maybe once I finish that, I'll look into more stuff. Because what else do I got going on? <laughs> um, question number three. This one's gonna be a hard one for you uh, because you don't know me that well. Um, besides the podcast, but I'll give it a shot anyway. See what happens. Um, how would I describe you? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh a video game journalist on the internet that really likes artsy games. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, have, I, I don't think I'd be able to answer that question for someone that like I knew in real life. Well, the, the reason why I put this on here, it's more of a, like a reverse psychology thing. Like I'm trying to get you to think cool stuff about yourself. Uh, but I guess the way I would describe you getting to know you now, like, and watching like your, uh, a little bit of your draw my life as well is, I think we come from the same kind of background um, in terms of like where we started our careers or how we like wanted to be independent in some ways. Um, We are very like the way I would describe me. I would also describe you in the sense that um, how would I describe like my, myself got now and I put myself on the spot. Um, Like, like someone that's forward thinking, you know, uh, you're someone that's definitely forward thinking, definitely. Um, you really want to, like, you don't really care about like the fame and all that other bullshit. Like you, you just want to be you and you want to share that with everybody. And that's something that I value in myself. Like I did this podcast cause I want to hear other people talk about, you know, their own life experiences and stuff like that. And so I feel like, the way you kind of describe your channel and the vibe I'm getting off of you is you kind of like, you kind of want the same thing. You kind of want to vibe with everybody and you kind of want to get to know other people. And it's through video games. The most is how you do that. And the way I do it is through theater, you know? Yeah. I feel like you pretty much nailed the, 
nailed it. Yeah, I feel personally attacked right now. <laughs> I feel like I'm. <laughs> that's uh, that's what a director does, man. I am a director. Like I, just, I gotta go with the instinct, you know. Um, question number four: What's your favorite ice cream topping? Uh, chocolate chips. I I, I don't know. I feel like that is probably not the right answer, but I'm just going. Nice. That. I love chocolate chips. Um, I had a friend on here that was like, uh. All chocolate, all everything, you know? And mo mm -hmm. for most people, like, that's too much. You don't get a lot of the flavor profile when you have all that chocolate. But, like, at the same time, like, I don't care, you know? <laughs> um, put chocolate on my chocolate. I love chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very much anything that has, like, some sort of caffeine into it, I, I like oh, it yeah. a lot. Anything. Yeah, shout out to caffeine. Mm. If you Are you familiar with Lush Cosmetics? Yes. Okay, so there is a face mask called Cup of Coffee, and it's made with coffee beans. So if you want your caffeine fix, but you don't want to ingest it, buy that. It's really nice. It exfoliates the skin. I'll look at <laughs> I will do face mask from time to time, so I'll definitely look into yeah, it. Yeah, I, uh, well, it's not, it's, it, well, yeah, I get, yeah, it's a face mask. Um, they also have fresh mask. Oh, yeah, they have fresh mask too, which is um, made with live ingredients. So like they have like your blueberry, um, some other weird stuff that's like perishable. So you need to like re refrigerate mm -hmm. it uh, over time. Uh, there is a cupcake one that is really good for oily skin, like teenage oily skin and stuff like that. So you love chocolate, you love caffeine. There you go. Lush has your options there. Definitely check it yeah. out. Um, question number five and the most important question. And speaking of chocolate, um, left Twix or right Twix? Right twist. Why right? Uh, I don't know. I'm a righty. It just feels right. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I love that. You know, I love all the responses for that question. And I think at the beginning of the show, I was like, yeah, there's like this one weird question that I always ask. It's it's always the left twix and right twix one because you either get your people who are super philosophical about that question, um, who are super like, oh, I'm right-handed, so I'll go right, or I'm left-handed because I'm I'll go left. And there's people who are just like, Sid, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and then I have to go and... I haven't, had, I haven't had a Twix in so long. I kind of want one now. Yeah, I mean, you know, shout out to Twix. They're, they're okay. I never really crave them. I, I don't like Twix, actually. <laughs> but I thought he was... Yeah, I, I feel like exactly the same way. I don't know why I want one now. I don't really like Twix that I, much. I hope one day... I hope it. one day Twix sponsors this show. Because then... Like we know you say you don't like it, but <laughs> we want to give you money. Exactly, you know, like, hey, we appreciate what you're doing uh, for the Twix brand. Wear this Twix shirt, and I'll be like, you know what? Fine, um, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. This has been Wayward Artists in a Wayward World. Um, Luis, any last words? Uh, be kind to one another and put your mask on. Exactly, put your mask on, guys. Please, for the love of God. <laughs> Uh, I want this pandemic to end so bad. I'm sick of it. <laughs> I think we all are, though. Um, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, without further ado, it's been real. Yeah.